This is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and I'm here on Real Presence Live today in beautiful Terra Sancta in Rapid City, South Dakota. Our segment today is called Gold in the Hills. Um, We're looking for nuggets of God's goodness here in the heart of the Black Hills of South Dakota. For our first hour, for any of you who missed it and want to go back and listen to the podcast, we had Paul Quinn from the Western South Dakota Catholic Foundation with us for the first half, and he was filling us in on all his upcoming events, which if there are any of you golfers out there, you'll definitely want to listen uh, about that and possibly get in on the golf tournament. And for the second half, we were just talking with Robert Satter from the Rapid City Catholic School System, and he's the development director. So he also had uh, an interesting event, the Cavalier, that is coming up. So if there are any of you out there from the Rapid City Catholic School System, they are uh, encouraging all the alum to come back for that event in September. So check those out if you would. For the second hour, I am really happy to have two wonderful guests. My first is Cindy Bagley, who is our new school nurse here at the Rapid City Catholic School System. And for the second part, Rini uh, will be here, who is the director of uh, the Retreat Center here at Terra Sancta. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome and um, I'd like to invite Cindy to share a little bit about herself with you. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks for having me on. So my name is Cindy Bagley, and I am the newest school nurse over at Rapid City Catholic Schools. Uh, I have big boots to fill. Susan Massapist has been here for more than 20 years, and so I will be taking her position. She retired this past year. I have been a nurse for a very, very long time. Uh, I won't tell you how long, but it's been a while. Um, Most of my experience was as uh, an emergency room nurse, a flight nurse, worked a lot in ICU. And then when we moved back to Rapid City in 2001, this opportunity to try school nursing came about. I still have family. I grew up in Sturgis, so listening to this last segment about St. Martin's Academy was kind of fun because I was able to attend that for for several years, and my dad actually graduated from there as well as my aunt, so there's kind of a connection there, too. Uh, my mom is still alive. She lives in Sturgis. I'm the oldest of seven, and I have I'm married my husband uh, is alive he is a retired life flight pilot and, and I have, that's how you met and right? that's how we that's met how we met, met in I Montana yes and then we we actually had the opportunity to fly together for several years until my daughter was born so it was a lot of fun I have two children I have seven grandchildren uh Five of them are biological, and my daughter and her husband have been foster parents for a long time, and so they adopted two of their kids, and they also have four more foster children, so they, they, they have a big household. Me. God bless them. <laughs> so a household that you were helping babysit recently, yes, right, Yes. <laughs> 
Yes, my daughter and her husband both work, and so uh, and daycares are closed over Rally and Sturgis, and so we've been trying to help them out. So it's always very lively when we're there. No doubt, you know. And I forgot to mention to our listeners that that we're right in the midst of Sturgis Rally <laughs> right now. So you might hear a roar of a motorcycle in the background today. Yes. <laughs> But I've always been passionate about nursing. I think I started out being a candy striper when I was 12 years old and oh, I until it. I could was old enough to work as an aide and, and then did that all the way through college until I could be a nurse. So nursing has always been so exciting to me and there's been new avenues that you can always choose. If you get tired of one area, there's so many other areas to move into. So it's a great, great career. You know, I was just recently telling a young woman who's the daughter of a chiropractor I go to, I was telling her that that wonderful aspect of nursing. I've, I've been so blessed to do so many different things in my nursing career. It's, yes. it's a delight, isn't it? Yes, yes. it is. Yeah. The past 20 years I've been uh, with Rapid City Schools. Or I guess I should say I was there for 19 years and then last year did substitute nursing out at Douglas after I left uh, Rapid City Area School. So this is this will be a really, really fun change, I think. Well, and I think we're so blessed to oh, get you, Cindy. Thank Sydney. you. I, I think that you will definitely end up filling Susan's shoes over time. <laughs> but like you said, big shoes to they fill. Are. A shout they out are. to Susan Massapus for an amazing job. Yes. Yes, and blessing Susan on your retirement, for sure. Um, I was laughing when you said you had years of experience. It's like I have great nieces that are in the school system, and it's like I'm really glad to have someone who has lots of years of experience under their belt in that position. It's so so very important. Uh, so, Cindy, how did you even find out about this job? How did you come? How did did God lead you to this? Ministry oh, I think or... so. I think so. I, like I said, I resigned from Rapid City Area Schools in uh, a year ago, and and absolutely loved all my time there. It was an amazing job, and I was in contact with so many wonderful families and students and staff, and got to see the inner workings of education and how passionate they are about helping kids, and. Uh, after I resigned, I started missing it immediately. So <laughs> I just am not ready to give it up yet. So I saw in several of the bulletins that there was a nursing position opening up in Catholic schools, and it kind of triggered in my in my head to maybe I should apply for that. Uh, but I kind of held back a little bit, and then a friend of mine actually uh, called me and said that uh, they were going to apply for this position and then called me after the interview and the hours were uh, not what this person was looking for and he kind of wanted more out of the career. And But uh, that person told me, I think you should apply for this job. And so it was kind of like, okay, that's a validation for I need to go at least check it out and yes. see. And, and here you are. And here I am. Here so I do think. diving in. Yeah, I do think. I don't think um, God has any accidents at yes. all. I think he puts us where he wants us to be at the time he wants us to be. So, 
Well, and I love we in just talking to Robert, a bulletin announcement led him to his job, and you're saying the same. Yes, I had the same experience. So yes. it's pretty funny. So, so listeners, watch your bulletins out there <laughs> if you're looking for work. Yes, yes, <laughs> definitely. That's great. Um, so, you know, Cindy, you were sharing with me that um, some comments someone said about that they thought nurses just took temperatures and put on band-aids and, and ice packs right tell tell the listeners a little bit about that well it was interesting this actually was uh came from a school board member several several years ago that they when when they were looking at actually wages for nurses they said well you know the only thing they do is take temperatures and put on ice packs and and do band-aids so <laughs> Um, it's it, it was it's been a lot different situation than that. Yes, 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 and, and uh, I think it would be really fun for you to tell our listeners more about you know the role of a school nurse. Like, do you want to start, Cindy, just talking about kind of like a day in in the life of a school nurse? Give us a little snapshot okay. of that. And, you know, I had my very, very first experience as a school nurse in Columbia, Missouri. My children attended uh, Columbia Catholic School when we lived there. And at that time, nurses were not on board in the school system. Usually they had public health nurses that would come in oh. and maybe do eye assessments and maybe immunizations if they were needed, but really they were not there. So in Columbia, they brought in parents to volunteer at noontime, usually to give out medications. Most of them were medicines for ADHD, but they did have to have a nurse to give out the medications. And so that kind of was my idea of what a school nurse did. <laughs> you too. <laughs> when It was. When I got this job, I was uh, working shift work with in the emergency room, and so I was kind of ready to have a different change, although I kept doing emergency room along with school nursing until 2017. But it was more related to my husband and I trying to find child care, make sure that there was a parent at home because he also did shift work and they were all 12-hour shifts. So when this friend suggested I apply for this job with Rapid City Schools, uh, I thought, oh, is this going to be a piece of cake? Because I was relating to my experience back in Columbia, and when I came and hit the hit the, <laughs> hit the yes, I did. <laughs> it was um, I would go back to the ER and tell people this is just you cannot believe all the things that you do as a school nurse. I mean, it's like a mini ER sometimes, but it, there were so many segments of it that were absolutely wonderful. You know, between uh, working with parents, trying to find resources for their medical conditions of their students, or trying to find medications that they could afford, or writing up care plans for medical conditions and trying to see what the parents' needs really were. Um, Working with staff and trying to teach them what they needed to do in an emergency for some of these conditions. doing immunization checks and doing vision screenings and doing dental screenings and going into the classroom to teach certain skills, hand-washing skills to children, Um, tooth care. You know, most kids don't really know how to 
brush their teeth. teeth right. But yes. there's a lot of children, like we, even with asthma, that they are prescribed inhalers and they really have no idea. You know, they know you're supposed to push on them and puff on them and, mm-hmm. and the rest of it's just kind of left to, to them to learn. So the education piece has been it's huge. really important. I think on that note, we are heading to break here. So we will go, we will delve into that more when we get back. So listeners, stay with us here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. This is Kathleen Kavorik, and our segment today I've called Gold in the Hills, Nuggets of God's Goodness in the Heart of the Hills. One of the new nuggets of goodness here in the hills in the uh, Rapid City Catholic School System is our new school nurse, Cindy Bagley. And Cindy and I were just talking about kind of a day in the life of a school nurse. So we will just continue. Uh, Cindy, you were talking about some of the educational things like inhalers that uh, kids need more direction on sometimes than they get. Sure. And, you know, asthma is just one of the many, many medical conditions that we see in students. And the goal, I think, one of the goals of being a student, a school nurse, is to really empower kids to 
learn about their condition and know how they can best take care of themselves because we want to make them really independent and knowledgeable about their medical conditions so that the conditions don't control the kids. So the kids learn to live with their medical conditions, but it's not something that they are identified, you know, that I'm an asthmatic or I'm a diabetic. Instead, it, it's more like I am a, a person who has diabetes. Yes. And, but they, there are actually things that kids can learn, and so we want to empower them and we want to educate them. But we also want to educate staff. With these conditions, it's terrifying sometimes. Um, non-medical people hear these things and it can bring a great amount of fear if they don't know what they're dealing with or how they're going to to take care of it. And an example of that is anaphylactic reactions, which are really, really severe allergic reactions. And uh, a few years ago, the Asthma and Allergy Institute came out with a statistic that said that children... Uh, 25% of children will have their first anaphylactic reaction in a school. So they've never shown any kind of serious allergic reaction at all. And they get to schools and they may be exposed to a certain food or they may have had a pre-existing allergy that didn't look really serious. But as time went on, they become more serious And so these students would need epinephrine injectors, auto-injectors, epinephrine treatment to try and reverse these symptoms that come on sometimes very, very fast, and they can be fatal. Well, to tell a teacher who has 25 or 30 students that, yes, you have a child with anaphylaxis here, and uh, they have an EpiPen and they have to get it right away if you see these signs and symptoms is very nerve-wracking. Yes. And teachers should be able to teach. <laughs> they <point>. should be <laughs> able to, to focus more on teaching and not have to worry about so much uh, medical conditions. But we still want to educate them. Yes. And most teachers, I think, feel, uh, again, some empowerment that, okay, I can handle this. This is what I'm looking at. This is what I've been taught to do, and this is this are the tools to help bring a student out of this. So you do that education of we staff. Do. Yes. We do. We do. And is seizures so is another thing. You know, we have students that have seizures. Sometimes a school nurse is called on to go in and assess students for what teachers are seeing in a classroom. Uh, there's a certain type of seizure called absence seizures that it seems like a child is off just staring off into space and daydreaming. And so teachers are wondering, is this child not getting sleep at home or what's going on? They seem to be daydreaming all the time. And then when you work with that student, you see signs and symptoms of some kind of seizure activity that's not the full-blown generalized seizure. So then your job becomes to work with the parents to try and get that children into a medical provider. Uh, all of our care plans are based on orders of physicians, right? Uh-huh. So no matter what the medical condition is, we try and make a care plan individualized to that student for what to do in an emergency, how to yes. care for that student. That it's It's so important, and I think that's the part of a nurse's role, a school nurse's role, that the general public doesn't probably really understand. Yes. You know, and it used to be that students that had 
some of these serious medical conditions we never saw in the school. And then when the No Child Left Behind Act started years ago, then these students were to be able to receive an education, and we had to make modifications and accommodations to help them. So it's not unusual to have students that have feeding tubes in place. So you yes. may have to do tube feedings during the day. Or we've had students in the in the district, and again, I'm speaking more from Rapid City Area Schools because I'm just getting started here, but uh, you know, students with tracheotomies that have to have suctioning or that have to have oxygen therapy. Or some students have conditions where their bladders don't work. So you may have to assist younger children with with placing catheters periodically during the day. So it is a lot of medical medical things now that are going on where these students never used to be in the schools. Right, right. That has changed a lot. It has. Hasn't it? it has. Which, which demands a, a high level of care by the school nurse, for it sure. It does. A and high level. nurses are always kind of procedure driven. So not only do we have things that have to be taken care of, like immunization, yes, <laughs> which is what right. I'm doing right now, <laughs> trying to make sure all the kids have their immunizations up, up to, to date, date before they start school, uh, and then working with parents on these conditions to have adequate care plans in place. Uh, but, you know, we have uh, uh, other things that come about when you're, when you're in, interviewing these parents that, that they may have concerns of. So and and our kids are dealing not only with medical physical issues but often emotional psychological issues too aren't they Very much so and especially after covid we saw that a lot where the whole education process was interrupted but all the socialization was interrupted and these kids couldn't be with their friends or they had to be with their friends on such a limited basis or they were terrified that if they were with their friends they might be exposed to COVID which did happen over and over again so and then they'd be out of school initially it was for two weeks and then after that it was you know the time frame has gone down gradually but some of these kids will be out for two weeks, come back for a day or two, be re-exposed by another person that was positive for COVID and have to leave for another two weeks. So parents were, you know, pulling their hair out about trying to keep their kids up, uh, caught up with their education. Teachers were, uh, teachers were having to do all these different types of platforms for teaching. I felt so bad for them because they were, everybody was just... You know, they were going from 6 in the morning till 10 at night trying to... Yes, Yes, very much Yes, but the anxiety component, we saw that a lot when the kids came back. Whether it was from feeling like they were so far behind, you know, they'd been trying to do things at home, and so there's a big piece that's missing when you don't have that classroom instruction. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Cindy, another aspect of your job, I mean, we talked about a little bit, but there's that educational aspect of your job that is a a huge part of it, isn't it? It is. It is. So it's not only educating students, but sometimes educating parents and uh, helping them to understand why physicians may order a certain thing and the reasons for it and how they can incorporate that into their lives. Um, And, you know, you have temporary situations often 
that come about with students. I mean, maybe they have a fractured femur from an accident. Maybe they've had an accident on the playground or in the gym or in a sports-related injury. And now they can't put any weight on their leg, and they're navigating steps. And so you have to try and work around that type of thing. And, again, helping parents to understand how we can help them, the resources that are available. And then we are in contact a lot of time with physicians, too, and their nurses to try and, again, have the best thing for the students. Yes, I was just thinking of um, when I, I did a little year teaching religious ed at our Catholic school systems here and remember, like, several sports injuries, mm-hmm. like, and one head injured young man. And it took some coordination because he, you know, wasn't 100% in the classroom. It took a while. And we have so many wonderful resources in the last... Um, several years, you know, there's teams of doctors in Rapid City who have developed care plans and uh, return to learn programs for students with concussions. But again, teachers are brought into this picture. Um, they they work with the modifications that the physician suggests having done. Um, students again are going to be behind. They are they uh, they suffer a lot of things sometimes with a concussion, and especially if it's they've had more than one concussion. Yes, yes. And so it's really a team approach to trying to help that student. And I had a concussion about ten years ago from a car accident when we were hit head on, oh and goodness. so I can really relate to that. There's memory loss with it, and trying to figure out. What you did, and okay, where did I, what was I thinking, and what was I doing, you know, 10 minutes ago, and and trying to remember phone calls that I have. And here we have these kids trying to take several subjects, trying to test in several subjects and learn it, and they can study and study and study sometimes. They go in to take a test, and their memory is completely shot. They don't remember anything that they just looked at. Again, that's because of the concussion. So, we have all these groups that are really working with kids, physical therapists and optometrists and and uh, physicians. And so I think our role is to try and help facilitate all that stuff together yeah, to help is, the student. Which is just a, it's, it's marvelous to have someone, Cindy, with your wealth of understanding in this position for our Catholic school system. Thank so you. thank you so much for, you know, just, and, and you barely scratched the surface, I know, <laughs> of all the things you do. But thank you so much for being with us and um, letting everyone know, introducing yourself and letting them know who you are and a little bit of what you do. Thank um, you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be in this position and position that it's a job that I love but also be able to practice my faith along with it. So yes, yes. It's, it's, it's a wonderful. marvelous combo yeah. and God led you right to where you are, yes. I think. So yes. thanks for being on with us. And listeners, stay with us. Uh, we will be back soon um, and I will introduce to you Rini Wilson, who is our director here at Terra Sancta Retreat Center. And um, and for those of you who missed the first segments, be sure to check out our podcast. This is Kathleen Kavoric here on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 